Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we're talking about how to get end-to-end observability into cloud-delivered security, including cloud access security brokers and SASE. Our sponsor is AppNeta, and our guests are Alec Pinkham from Product Marketing and Dean Jackson, Product Management at AppNeta. Folks, welcome to the podcast. So let's dive right in. Why do I need observability if I'm taking advantage of a SASE security platform? Well, I guess SASE is, uh, really removes the need for you to, to manage a, a much larger chunk of your network than, than you previously would. So SAS brings the cloud towards your end users. Uh, and that's great uh, when it works. So you know the, the, the SAS evolution from CASB is uh, giving you all the security uh, and it's actually simplifying your connection model. So it's it's great while it works. Uh, the the problem is when it doesn't. Uh, you now are extending the the cloud envelope way back towards your users, and that that uh, invisibility zone is is much bigger. And so the the finger pointing mm. that happens between teams uh, when there's a problem uh, is exacerbated. So it makes it more important than ever to to really measure the the uh, digital experience your end users are having. And keeping an eye on that all the time and being able to, I think it's, to isolate. I think it's really interesting in SASE that we're entering into much more complicated technologies, right? There's load balancing, we're over internet, and we need ways to get visibility into what's happening that we've never needed before. So one thing I find about digital experiencing monitoring is that we could sort of do without it five years ago, but now we're using SASE, we're doing threat detection and threat analysis, we're doing SD-WAN and load balancing over different network types. You know, people are using cable or DSL or, you know, DIA circuits or 5G. Uh, you've got users attached to those and you don't, like you don't know. When we had routers, we had certainty. We knew that this was connected to that and it went over a guaranteed circuit and it, it might have really bad performance, but it wasn't do you know what I, totally yeah that's exactly right the you know it used to be the those those uh parts of the access network you mentioned the uh you know the the access network the uh, the the vpn infrastructure mm. the mpls circuits the the site to site vpn that was all in your team's domain and you had direct visibility into it now as you you move into to sassy you're relieved of the need to manage all of that um, but now you don't have the visibility. So you know, when there is a problem, it's either going to be the application or the SASE network or your problem getting to the point of presence. Uh, mm. And so you need the visibility from where users are to at least see, can I get to the, the point of presence? Is there a problem there? Is there a problem in the home network? Is yeah. there a problem on the user's machine? How do I distinguish when I don't have that visibility any longer inside my network? I think, and I think the second part that we're seeing is that for customers who are deploying into SASE environments, they're also now starting to get into multifunction SASE environments, right? So you might have a third-party CASB doing the security analysis or the threat detection or the threat response. So a Cloudflare or an Xscaler, for example. And, or you might have some sort of third firewall. You want to use a third-party firewall to comply with security policy. And now all of a sudden, even though most SD-WAN vendors provide some visibility, they don't provide visibility like this. Their tooling doesn't work so well when it suddenly starts having, well, how do I start to monitor traffic that's not my fault, like not in my SD-WAN? What happens when I've got two SD-WANs and a public cloud I've got three public clouds in my infrastructure, and then I've got two data centers that very like it's that multi-function, multi-district, like multi-purpose type, the real infrastructures that we actually have. Yeah. And what we've seen is also interesting is a lot of those only get 
you know, small intermittent parts of the network uh, for visibility. So, you know, the SD-WAN has visibility into their section, right? The CASB has, you know, visibility into their section, but no one has the end-to-end picture uh, as, and then this is what I call the kind of the universe model of the network, right? Everything went to the center and now it's expanding back out again. And eventually uh, some of it will kind of standardize back now into the cloud instead of the data center headquarters. But the more and more you have to piece all of that together, the harder it is for IT to actually understand where issues are start stemming from and, and where they can actually fix the problem versus where they have to punt it over to another team or another vendor to figure out what the problem was. So how are you able to instrument all of these elements? Because if we're talking about, you know, an end user at home, there's there's their own computer, there's the Wi-Fi, there's the ISP connection, there's the pop where they're hitting the SASE, and then whatever they need to get to beyond that. So there's a lot of components that you guys have Chile X to try to measure. Exactly right. Uh, and and the, the problem is with SASE networks, uh, once you're inside the, the SASE network, you, you really can't get a lot of visibility. You right. can get visibility to the end application. So you need to know that you can access the application through your SASE service. You should also be keeping an eye on it direct so that you can tell the difference between a problem with the the, uh, the SASE proxy and the application itself. And then you need to keep uh, visibility on your end users and wherever they're at, whether they're in your offices or at home, you need to be keeping an eye on their end experience. Can I access the application? Can I access the points of presence? And do I have visibility into the underlay to the points of presence so that I know there's, uh, you know, the problem is with the ISP. Do I have a visibility into the, the home network so that I can tell that it's actually an end user problem in this case, it's something with their network uh, and everyone else can, can relax. Uh, it's really a question of trying to isolate the, the, the problem to one of those domains. So it sounds like what you're saying then, what I need are different um, components to get that visibility. So probably some kind of element on the uh, client device, but also, you know, the ability to measure ISPs, um, the internet, that kind of thing. Is that is that what you're saying? AppNetic can give you the, the visibility to the, the point of presence from your end users. So you can actually get the, the, the visibility into the home domain, um, the home network, the, even the host, uh, the ISP connection through to the point of presence and any transit carriers in between. We can give you visibility to, to all of that. Uh, we can also give you a visibility directly through to the the end application as well. And that's how you can tease apart. Is there the problem with the application, one of these other domains, or uh, the SASE? And SASE itself, I think, is a unique issue for observability because it's essentially a cloud black box where my traffic uh, is terminated, probably decrypted, runs through a bunch of security functions and shows up on the other side. And I don't really know what happened in the middle. And so that's an yeah. issue if I'm trying to figure out where my problem is. Yeah, that's the, the the blessing and and the curse of SASE. The you know the the positive side of the pitch is that you're relieved of the need to manage all of that equipment and all of that network, um, but it does become a, a black box to to some extent. So you've got to find ways to keep the the, the service operator, the SASE operator, mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of of knowing that all the other pieces are actually working. It's something with your yeah. service. That's important because what we know from, you know, the last decade of outsourcing is that outsourcing is usually a failure. And when you outsource your SD-WAN to a managed service provider, it's not reasonable to expect that it will not be a failure. You should basically, in my view at least, assume that whoever's managing your SD-WAN 
um, is going to fail at it in some way. You have to sort of take that as an operational stance that they're going to mess it up. Yes. And the onus is on you as a customer to say you're messing it up because they as an operator aren't going to come to you and say like, hey, we messed up. You know, when was you know when was the last time your technology vendor came out and knocked on the door and said you know you know that uh, you know that WAN router you bought it really didn't work well you know the the faults are off the roof and the bugs are out of control and you know we're going to give you a new one when was the last time that happened right absolutely yeah and this is not just a an application we're talking about here with with secure edge networks it's it's literally a network and and you know you're handing off not just your corporate security but your corporate networking once inside the SASE, uh, you're, you're, you're handing that off, off to them. So all of those things that you hold yourself accountable for, uh, managing the availability, the redundancy, uh, the adequate provisioning of, of bandwidth in, in those networks. You know, if, if you're not holding this, the SASE service to the, to the same standards, then, you know, what are you doing if you're outsourcing this? So you do need to, to keep 24-7 measurement on whether they're doing their job. So what can AppNeta then tell me about how my SASE is performing? Am I basically just getting how long it took for, you know, a flow to get through, you know, point A of the SASE or the in uh, the inbound of the SASE to the outbound, or, or is there anything else I can get? The point of digital experience monitoring is not so much to see inside that black box. You can't. It's to make sure that your digital experience end-to-end is, is monitored 24-7 and that you're actually looking at the, the end user's experience accessing the application mm. and you're keeping an eye on that at all times. When there is problems, you can uh, differentiate between direct access and the proxied access. So you can you can be monitoring both of those things mm-hmm. and that can give you a signal that the, the, uh, the SASE is having a problem. Uh, and you've also got uh, deep visibility into the connection between the home through the home network, out through the ISP and to the point of presence. Uh, and so having visibility into that underlay, you can detect where problems are in any one of those domains mm. and you can rule out the SASE. Uh, I but- think it's also, it's also, I think what you're alluding to there is the fact that DEM is an edge technology. And the closer you get to the edge, the more of a real, I, I use the, I hope you can hear the inverted commas in there, but if you've got an agent at the user's, laptop, right? And it's sending in signaling data about how the application is responding because you're tapping into the operating system. Um, you're actually mapping the real experience. Whereas if you're tapping into the SD-WAN, you can only say, well, once the packets reach the SD-WAN box or the SASE edge, then I could see the performance. And then, But when it leaves the SD-WAN slash SASE edge, I can't tell you what happened much after that. Although I can monitor the packet flows and I can do packet captures, but I can't I can't map the user experience that last mile as accurate as I could be if I was using DEM. So, and DEM also means that I can be monitoring where there is no sassy edge. So where people are working coffee shops or on VPN, remote VPN. So we're seeing a lot of sassy solutions have VPNs built into them. And now I need to know, are those people, you know, Hi, I'm calling. Where are you? You're in Starbucks. Yes, that's why your application is working badly, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. And, you know, SASE gives you the ability to uh, give the, the same authentication flow and the same network management, no matter whether your users are at home or in the office. So, you know, that's that's an improvement. It's a simplification. There's a lot of benefits to that. But as you say, you're you're now on a home network. You're now in a coffee shop. The, the network is always changing. 
Mm. The the way you get to the SASE network is just knowing what it is, is half the battle sometimes. Where is this person? Uh, you know, what, what machine are they running on? What sort of network have they got? How are they getting to the point of presence? Which point of presence are they, they connecting to? Just knowing mm. all of that is is a lot. And, and then you add, uh, you know, VDI and browser isolation into the mix. You're now just, you know, you've got a, just a bit, uh, a video, an audio bit stream to, to the end user. You still have to travel over something and you need visibility into that something uh, to figure out where the problems are. And very often they are in the home network yeah. or the coffee shop network. This is the trend I'm seeing for 2022 is this operations focus or what I call day two. The last couple of decades in networking has been about day zero, you know, speeds and feeds, ports, mm. interfaces, cables, you know, power. And I mean, those are all important and remain important, but then day one, like how fast can you deploy this? How easily can you roll it out? And that was where SD-WAN was. And then we realized actually that wasn't too hard either. As soon as we solved, you know, just ship it straight from factory to site and then, you know, or in inverted commas, basically, you know, send it to site, self-configuration, zero trust, you know, setup and all that sort of stuff, zero touch setup. And now we like went, well, that's it. Now we've solved that problem. But this is the next step, which is solving this operational issue of letting the help desk do its own troubleshooting. It doesn't need to understand SASE and routing protocols and circuits when it's troubleshooting. It just, you know, the, the person on the help desk needs to be able to click, ah, okay. So Dean is ringing me and he's saying that he's got a problem. If I click on this button here that's integrated into my help desk console, oh, I can see that he's getting 30% packet loss. Dean, are yeah. you? where are you at the moment that might be causing the network to be a problem? I'm connected to the 5G in my car outside my daughter's <laughs> sports ball, you know? Well, uh, very, very often, uh, you know, we can tell you that as well. So, you know, once you know who it is, uh, you can you can basically look them up and you can find that, oh, they're on wireless. I mean, that's a that's a start. That that could be a problem. Oh, look, it's uh, it's it looks like it's a Starbucks based on the SSID. So yeah, we can tell they're in a in, in a cafe. So you know, you know where to start looking at this point. I was gonna say my my favorite anecdote is when we're talking to uh, random customers that are talking about problems that they've isolated. Oftentimes the users that not going to admit where they are, right? They're they're going to say they had a problem and assume that IT has the fix. But we've had people who take the afternoon from the roof deck, and turns out the wireless signal is not that great up there, and so they uh, are in, immediately kind of uh, uh, vindicated when IT can say, "Well, you know, your signal quality dropped at twelve. Where'd you go?" and start <laughs> yeah. uh, figuring out exactly yeah. what happened. But think about the cost savings there for the help desk that you can instantly iterate in without having somebody on the help desk who's probably getting, you know, close to minimum wage, knowing how to ask smart questions about troubleshooting performance issues. And it's not like, I mean, Windows is bad enough. I mean, Microsoft Windows barely works at the best of times. You know, adding in any other any other issues is really an issue. That's where I think, and that's where this product really works. Now, I know that AppNetta has become part of Broadcom recently, they announced that Broadcom's got an acquisition and that's going through. How's that going to change over time? What's Broadcom? Are we allowed to talk about what Broadcom's going to be doing or how what you're going to bring to the mix there? Well, we're, we're still at Netter at this point. So, you know, we haven't closed yet, but that's, uh, that's happening very soon. And we're really excited uh, about, you know, the ability to, to bring that outside in visibility into into the, the Broadcom stable, which obviously includes uh, Symantec and, and their mm. SASE service. Uh, so we can start to, to give you some of the inside the black box visibility along with that outside in um, perspective as well. So, you know, that's gonna be 
that for, for customers that are using the, the Broadcom Secure Edge, that's going to bring a, a huge amount of, of visibility and integration. It's going to simplify that picture a lot. So yeah, we're really excited about that. All right. Well, that does bring us to the end of time for this episode of Tech Bytes. Um, where can folks go if they want to get more information about how to keep their SASE provider honest? Yeah, that would be appneta.com slash packet pushers. All right, appneta.com slash packet pushers. Uh, thank you, Alec and Dean, for joining us. Thanks to Appneta for being a sponsor. And thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we've got many more fine, free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.